This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Edgar Gomez, the author of the forthcoming memoir, High Risk Homosexual. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. I think this feels like a great springboard to solve one more person's problem. From, from again, high risks. So the subject of this last letter is, don't need to know. What's a polite way to shut down invasive sexual questions? I came out as a lesbian and got my first girlfriend over the lockdown, and I'm learning to navigate the difference between being with a man versus being with a woman. One of the weirder ones is people thinking they can be as explicit as they want with their questions. I'm a private person by nature, and I want to be kind but firm in shutting these questions down. However, I'm always so thrown off in the moment, I don't know what to say. At a party this weekend with a bunch of my girlfriend's friend, a guy straight up asked how we had sex. I was so weirded out that I blurted, how do you have sex, before I even thought about that response. He was pretty offended and left without acknowledging my apology. My girlfriend's friend, who I'd met before the party and has never made me uncomfortable, asked me what had happened, since she was apparently hearing that lots of people at the party didn't like me and thought I was controlling my girlfriend because she's been taking people aside, asking them to not ask me sexual questions. I'm upset because I'm really falling in love and I want to be part of my girlfriend's life and I don't want her friends to dislike me. But I also don't want to talk about what I consider intimate stuff with other people. Maybe it's my personal issue or I should be educating them or something, but telling them I'm uncomfortable seems to be a joke and I don't want to be rude again. Yeah. Um, I mean, girl, I understand the desire to want your like girlfriend's friends to like you, but all these people are doing way too much. Like you, you did not need to apologize. That guy was very weird. Talk about weird people. That guy was weird. You literally repeated what he said to you back to him and he got offended um, and then like stormed out. Like what a drama queen. Like who are these people? Yeah, I, I felt very much the same way. Like I can imagine a situation where somebody was like, upset enough that they said something really, really inappropriate. And that's always frustrating when you like start out being in the right, but then you mess it up. But you didn't say anything like inappropriate no. or like rude. You just, again, like you, who, you know, it makes sense that you weren't prepared for a weird question like that. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think that it's a reasonable expectation to think like, oh, I should have really anticipated that question. I had like a good answer for it. Like, I think that was a lovely response. Um, you know, not unlike the first letter writer who's like, asking for like pretty reasonable accommodations and like the workplace culture, at least part of it from their boss is like really pushing back to make them feel like they're asking for the moon. And this is just like, you just wanted to have like a normal conversation with someone you don't know. It is not weird for you to have said, what, how do you have sex? And like, I, I'm sorry that your girlfriend's other friend was like, Hey, I'm hearing a lot of people don't like you. And they think you're controlling because you don't want to be asked about like your sex life by strangers. I'm, I, I know she hadn't made you uncomfortable before, but I think you can now safely say she has made you uncomfortable once. That was a bad response and she shouldn't have had it. And I'm sorry that she did that. I'm sorry that she made you feel like the weird one by having a pretty normal reaction to an invasive sexual question. 
Yeah, it makes me wonder what the girlfriend, like how she was approaching telling her friends not to talk to you about sex. Like what was she saying that they were all like, oh my God, this woman is so controlling and like doing all this. And also, I I don't know that she really even needed to do that as well because I know that like when I enter a space, I don't want everybody to like have been talking about me beforehand about like what they shouldn't say to me and stuff like that. Um, maybe it's like she should have told that to the weird guy who asked you that question, but not everybody in the room. That's probably why everybody was like, oh, is is she telling her girlfriend to like tell us all not to? Like, that's probably where that is coming from. Yeah, and I I, I wasn't quite sure, like, you know, you heard that letter writer kind of secondhand because it was your girlfriend's friend saying that your girlfriend was doing that. So I think the kind of next step here is just like debrief with your girlfriend and say like, yeah. The party the other night went kind of strangely. I really liked meeting some of your friends, but I had these two weird interactions, one with this guy who asked me a really fucked up question. And then I had a strange moment with your friend who it seemed like was kind of indirectly trying to tell me that I was being weird by having this boundary. How did you feel about that party? Like, what were your conversations like? Um, And, you know, see where she's at. Um, It's totally reasonable that you didn't like that. I, and I also, I wonder, like, what kind of party was this? Like, is it a party where, like, everybody was, like, you know, it was, like, was it, like, spin the bottle in the corner and, like, people making out? Like, was it, like, a very, like, overtly sexual space or something like that? Um, because what I'm thinking is, uh, for a lot of queer people, like, growing up, we are told that, like, we can't talk about sex or our love lives or anything like that because we could either, you know, out ourselves or uh, make others upset who would hurt us. And so when we get older and find our communities, um, I'm not saying all queer people, but some queer people um, go into like the opposite of the, of the spectrum and feel like, oh, I, can, I have to talk about like sex as much as I can. Um, I'm like, this is me being liberated. Uh, but, you know, I'm around all queer people. Like everybody's going to be in the same like comfort uh, level as me. We're all going to be at the same stage. And that like isn't, necessarily the case, right? Everybody has different boundaries. Um, so I'm not saying that to like excuse them um, and that weird question. Um, I'm only saying that as a like, maybe that's why they were like, I don't know, weirded out by it or something. Yeah, I can, you know, I can appreciate that because my first like read of the situation had been like, my guess was that it was a party of mostly straight people. But um, it, it's also really like, this is not um, exclusive to straight people. Like, queer people can be weird to other queer people. Um, So I don't want to assume that it was just like a weird straight guy who is being like voyeuristic and creepy about you. Although I think that's a likely possibility, but like regardless, like whether it was a party of mostly straight people who were treating you like a lesbian zoo animal or whether these were just like other queer people who felt like too familiar with you the first time that you met, like either way, it is, I think, incredibly fine to just say like, I've just met someone, they're not my dear friend. Like, they don't get to act familiar with me. They need to, like, observe the basic rules of politeness and, like, getting to know somebody. Like, um, you know, you don't go to somebody's house and then immediately, like, lie down on their bed and, like, open their fridge and start (laughs) rummaging through it. Like, you act like a guest, you know? You ask if you can have a cup of tea or you sit down on a chair. Like, behave yourself. Yeah, or even just, like, read the room and, like, ramp up to that question. Like, maybe talk about... if. I don't know, like if I'm going to talk to somebody about sex, I'd like maybe I'd start talking about mine and like see how they 
are like responding. And if they seem like put off by it, I'll just switch the conversation or something sure. like that. Yeah, there's there's lots of ways to discuss sex with like a new acquaintance that's not just like, tell me about your sex life with diagrams, please. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is funny because like, your your response, if you hadn't included that response in the letter, is exactly what I would have told you to say. Totally. I would have been like, that's exactly, like, that's how I would have gone about it. I would have, like, made a joke um, just to show how ridiculous that question is. I would have been like, you know, first I, I go into the bathroom and, you know, I fill my bathtub with ice cubes and then I put on my mermaid tail and then I get into the bathtub and, you know, my mom, my girlfriend, come, my, I said my mom, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, you know, you then, know then comes your mom. There. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would have just been ridiculous about it because it's a ridiculous thing to ask me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to like make the letter writer feel like she has to come up with like a funny, pithy response for this kind of thing because that can be its own form of pressure. But yeah, I mean, you know, if anything, the only thing that I would have advised you to do differently is not apologize. But I also get like this was all your girlfriend's friends. You want them to like you. Um, he got really huffy. And so I can understand why you wanted to smooth things over. But, you know, certainly don't apologize again. Um, he has behaved badly, not you. And hopefully when you talk about this with your girlfriend, she will be able to say, yeah, he acted badly. That doesn't mean she has to say he's the worst friend in the world and she can never see him again. It's just like, you can love someone and say that they acted like a child or like worse. A child wouldn't do that. Children are more normal than that. Yeah, Absolutely. I feel like just like you don't need to be friends with people at work, you don't need to be friends with your partner's friends. Like that could be their friends. Um, and then maybe if like they're all weird like that, just start hanging out with your friends a little bit more um, and only like meet them in like situations where it's like, you know, obligated, like maybe if it's a birthday or something like that, but you don't have to like spend all this time with them. Yeah. My sort of last thought, you know, letter writer, you say you got your first girlfriend over the lockdown. I don't know how long your girlfriend has been out or like, again, like I'm, I'm very aware that it's possible everybody at this party was queer, but I'm just sort of curious, like, you know, since you say that you're navigating a lot of the differences um, of being with a woman for the first time, I wonder if maybe this is also new for her. And if that's the case, it may be that a lot of the friendships that she had thought of as like pretty close and equitable um, before she came out. Um, she is now finding that like people are actually a little weird about her having a girlfriend. And so this also may be uh, an opportunity for her not to like dump all of her friends, but to say like, okay, I'm seeing a new side of my friends that is like clearly a little uncomfortable with gayness, but they don't want to like acknowledge it. So they're like making weird pointed jokes or asking inappropriate questions. Um, How do I want to deal with that? Um, How do I want to like either like set up some new boundaries or like talk to them independently? But yeah, fundamentally, I would just say talk to your girlfriend, don't apologize again, and hope that he, you know, can like drink some be normal juice. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess my last thought is even if it doesn't work out, the situation doesn't work out, trust me that there are queer people that are normal out there. <laughs> um, and uh, even if like you don't end up friends with these people, you there are other people that you... Um, will find that that will be supportive and um, respectful of your boundaries. And um, yeah, not to be all, it gets better. <laughs> or, or love wins, but there are normal queer people out there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just the theme of this week. It's like, please just be normal. Just be cool. Like, yeah, don't make like, this so weird. Out. Don't make extra work for me and you and everyone around us. Um, and that's also just like, it feels like such a cliche. It feels like something that like, 
somebody on the OC would have said, like back in 2003, it feels like such a throwback to the kind of homophobia that was very like fashionable at the time. Yeah, there are so many times where like I experience like that, like kind of like 2003, like homophobia or racism where I'm just like, how is this still like, like where where have you been like the last two decades? And all I can do like, I think like a reasonable response would be to like to feel sad or bummed about it. But all I can do is like throw my head back and laugh. It's not like I have this delusion that 2021 is without any of those things. It's just True. like you haven't updated your style. Like yeah. that's the thing that's so weird. It's like, it's not 2003. You have to put a new hat on this. Like you need to find a new form. The like lesbian sweep sweeks. How do you do it? <laughs> like, uh, do you guys scissor? Yeah, like, we have moved on. past like, that. We've had this conversation nationally. Um, and the other thing is that they, the other thing is that like, they probably, they, they, they know how lesbians have sex. Of course. Like if, if this is a straight man, he probably watched lesbian porn before. Um, I mean, I've probably, I've, I've like in passing watched lesbian porn before. Like every like it's, it's not, out like, there. It's a known quantity. People are familiar. Yeah. He wasn't asking you because he wanted to know. He was asking you to be like messy. Um, and he got what he wanted. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry he stormed off. I hope he had a terrible rest of the night and I hope he doesn't do shit like that again. So, you know, on that note, it's always nice to be able to tell somebody that they have been behaving beautifully. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.